Real quick, before we get into the show, I wanted to share a new service called Getita that Ken and I have been using that has made us over $10,000 in Amazon reimbursements. The service requires no monthly subscription, and Getita collects a small percentage of the money they recover for you. It takes less than five minutes to set up and works on all Amazon marketplaces. Go to getita.com, G-E-T-I-D-A, and enter promo code FTM400. That's FTM for firing the man 400 to get your first $400 in reimbursements commission free. How much money does Amazon owe you? crucial aspect but once you have it down then it's kind of like a and it's part of your system instead of negotiating on a per unit price let's negotiate on on shipping the exw is is really common and that's how you can really get lower pricing the thing that my brain always comes back to is the numbers and profitability if you allow your supplier to bake in the shipping cost you're you're a essentially giving them kind of a little bit of wiggle room to jack the margin up, right? In my recent experience, tariffs have been a real sneaky son of a bitch. Welcome everyone to the Firing the Man podcast, a show for anyone who wants to be their own boss. If you sit in a cubicle every day and know you are capable of more, then join us. This show will help you build a business and grow your passive income streams in just a few short hours per day. And now your hosts, serial entrepreneurs, David Schomer and Ken Wilson. Welcome everyone to the Firing the Man podcast. Today we are talking about sourcing products from overseas. Now, Ken, when I first met you, I quickly realized that you have a black belt in sourcing products from overseas. And I don't know if you remember this day. It was the first time we got together. At this time, I had very little experience with sourcing products from China and elsewhere. And you sat me down at your computer and you showed me how you do it. You showed me a couple programs that you were using. You know, one thing that stands out in particular was you had had some product on the way. And there was a diagram on this program you're using that showed exactly where in the ocean the ship was and how many days it was going to take to get to port. And so, I, like I mentioned, you have your black belt in uh, in sourcing things from overseas. And I think when it comes to uh, an appropriate person to talk about this topic, man, you're the man. So uh, talk to me like you talked to me that day as, as somebody that, that was new to this and really didn't know what I was doing. You know, how we find a product overseas, now what? How do we get it here? So there's a lot of stuff going on there, and you need to find resources and hire experts to help you. So at the end of the day, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, how can I get something from China to the U.S.? You know, it, it's not that bad. We're on the show today. We're going to break down at a high level what you do need to know, what you do need to understand, and then the resources that will help you. I'd like to start with you know, kind of whenever I discuss a topic or when I'm thinking about something, I like to visualize stuff. So when we're talking about products, getting a product from China to the U.S., on today's show, let's let's try to visualize a soccer ball. Right? My, my son plays soccer. I used to play soccer. Everybody knows what a soccer ball is, right? It's yay big. If you're watching on YouTube, it's this big, right? So soccer balls, right? And you can fit for for today's demonstration or for today's show – you know, you can fit eight soccer balls in one box or, or 
in, in China, they, they refer to them as cartons, right? So you get eight of them, one box. So everybody can visualize a box with eight soccer balls. So that's what we're going to be talking about. That's kind of what we're going to reference today. There's a good reference that I, that I found when I was researching this. I mean, I'm going to read. It's a, it's a good ex- explanation that I want, I want to touch on before we even dive deeper in. And then, so uh, considering that freight is one of the most substantial supplemental costs for your products, you simply can't afford to ignore it, ignore it if you want to guard your profit margins. And as we all know, you know, you, we just did a show earlier on Know Your Numbers. And, you know, what, what is your favorite saying? Margin, right? You know, yeah. So shipping is crucial, right? So I just wanted to kind of touch on that, that this is you know, it's a crucial aspect. But once you have it down, then it's kind of like a, you know, it's part of your system. It just kind of goes in and goes out, right? The magic money machine. And getting products from China to the U.S., there are three, let's just say uh, three main uh, modes of transportation. You have express, which is an airplane. Normally, it's three to five days. You know, that's the, that's the fastest way you can get something. It's also the most expensive way to get something here. So you can use, so what I normally use that for is very light or small products that are cheap, especially when I'm launching them. I want them here now so I can start selling them, right? But it's the most expensive. The next is air freight, which is a, a little, a lot cheaper than Air Express, but more, it's in the middle range, more expensive than C. And air freight normally takes, you know, five to 10 days in that range. And then you have sea shipping. Sea shipping accounts for 90% of all freight from China. I'll, yeah, I'll say that again. And I, and I pulled that statistic from Freydos. So sea shipping accounts for 90% of all freight coming from China to the U.S. And there are uh, two modes, or let's say, uh, let's okay, so everybody knows what a shipping container is, right? Okay, so if not, you've probably seen these big metal boxes on a in a port you know i the, what's coming to my mind is uh captain phillips with tom hanks have you seen that movie i haven't it's where he gets it's a great movie and to our listeners that's a great movie he gets captured by somalian pirates but he has one of these giant cargo ships with all those giant boxes oh yeah yeah okay and uh and the small they, they go i am the captain now and uh Oh, it's a great movie. So anyway, I was just thinking about that. If you're listening and you don't know what a shipping container is, go watch the movie that David said. Um, if not, you've probably seen them. They're colorful. They're, you know, a big uh, metal box, right? That's a shipping container. And they come in two standard lengths. They're uh, 20 foot or 40 foot. And, and all of them are eight foot wide. And the majority are eight and a half foot tall. And some of them you can actually order the, a little bit taller, nine and a half feet. So... So just kind of picture that 20 foot or 40 foot, eight foot wide, eight and a half foot tall. And that's, that's a shipping container. And the two modes of sea shipping are LCL and, and FCL. And LCL is less than a container load. So if you were shipping, now I'll reference the soccer balls. So if you, if you bought 80 soccer balls, you sourced 80 soccer balls. And we said there were what? We said there were four in, in each box. So what is that, 20 boxes? So you bought 20 boxes of soccer balls. 
you would that would be an and if you were shipping it by sea that would be LCL less than a container load right because if you had a 40 foot container and you and you walked in 20 boxes and set them down wouldn't fill that container would it it would just probably be a tenth of the way and then they would sell the rest of that space in that container to someone else FCL is full container load let's say you bought you know, 4,000 soccer balls. So you had a thousand boxes of, of four soccer balls in each, right? That would fill up a container, maybe two containers. That would be a full container load. So th- those are terms that you'll hear. And, you know, those are terms that you should understand. You should, you know, there are tools out there. We'll put some tools in the show notes that you can go and calculate. You know, if you put in the size of one of your boxes and it will tell you how many of those boxes you can fit into a full container. So you can kind of calculate that. It's pretty easy, but just so you can wrap your head around, those are the physical dimensions and 90% of freight goes by sea. So 90% of what we're talking about is about these containers. So it's kind of a crucial point. Next, I want to move into some of the more, you know, I guess I want to say complex or not really, but a lot of the stuff that tripped me up when I first started researching this and I, and I, I was seeing all these acronyms and all this other crap and I'm like, what is this? Like, this is crazy. So I'm going to go into three acronyms for the shipping expressions that, and these are the three that I always deal with. I, I have seen other ones that I have used, but these are the main three. If you're starting out, if you understand these, you'll be just fine. So, and we want to keep it simple. I like the KISS theory. You know, I want to keep it simple, stupid, that like this is literally the top three that you'll probably come into contact with when you're starting out and what you should understand. So the, and they're called uh, INCO terms, which stands for International Commercial Terms. So they're standards in the world. Everyone uses the same standards. First one that we want to talk about is EXW, or a lot of people call it X-Works. And so... Let me back up for a second. So, you know, if I go a place, I found it, I find a supplier in China and I test out all these soccer balls. I sign a contract, find a good supplier, sign a contract. And on this, when, whenever we're negotiating the contract, the supplier is going to send over a, a pro forma invoice, like a, a test invoice of, hey, this is what we're offering you. And then on that um, invoice, you're going to see shipping terms. So they're like the supplier is going to say, okay, you purchase a thousand soccer balls at this price and here's the terms for shipping. And it's going to be either EXW, FOB, or DDP. Like those are the top three that we're going to discuss today. Once you know those shipping terms, you know, okay, how much more it's going to take you to get that to the U.S. Okay, so let's say, for instance, the, the first one, EXW or X works. The, you buy a thousand soccer balls from a supplier and they say, okay, the shipping turns are EXW. Okay, so we'll just go over EX works. And what, what that definition of EX works is basically, you have to go to the warehouse, your supplier's warehouse, and get those goods and pick them up. They'll make them, they'll put them on pallets, they'll get them all ready, and they'll be at the factory waiting. In your experience, how common is that? It's very common. When I, whenever I'm, I'm using sh- uh, my own freight forwarder, like the, the EXW is, is really common. And that's how you can really get lower pricing. Uh, the next one that I see a lot, and I have used this quite a bit as well, is FOB. And some people call it free on board. Some people call it freight on board. And this is where, you know, if your supplier is in, let's say, outside of the city, outside of the port, 
they will build your products, palletize them, and they'll load them on a truck or however, and get them to the port. They'll take them down to the port, drop them off, and then you're responsible from from there. Now, this may be a stupid question, but port is the sea. Uh, let me back up a little bit. So the port is where the the, the container ships, the, there's ships that, that they load containers on, and then they float them across the ocean. The port is where those ships come into port, get loaded, and leave. Okay. Come in, drop off containers that go to China, load up new containers, and leave. So the port is where all that action happens. So FOB, again, the supplier would, manufacturer the factory would take it down to the port, drop it off. You would t- you, you're responsible from there. And the last one, the last one's the easiest one. Uh, I really like using this one. Uh, if, I, if I can get good terms for it, it's called DDP. And a DDP stands for delivery with duties paid. So in another sense that, you know, the, the supplier will deliver it wherever you, wherever you tell them to and with all duties paid. So when you're first starting out, if you can get these terms, if you have a small product, you know, you can express ship it DDP like that. That's the easiest route to go. And, and you won't need a freight forwarder or any of that stuff. Now, David, as we're going through this, what kind of questions do you have? One thing that my brain always comes back to is the numbers and profitability and margin, right? I think I might get a margin tattoo. I, I just <laughs> I say it on every episode, but you know, one thing that I'm thinking about is is there an opportunity for negotiation here? So, for instance, uh, there's a situation that is DDP, which you were talking about. That is the easiest for you as the buyer. In my mind, that's presumably the most difficult for the supplier, right? Is that fair to say? They're they're doing a lot of legwork for you, and you're paying for it, right? Right. I would think that there may be, and it may be just worth bringing up to your supplier, is instead of negotiating on a per unit price, let's negotiate on, on shipping. Because at the end of the day, a dollar's a dollar, right? And, and so... Uh, you know, when you're first getting started off, DDP may be an awesome option for you. However, and you're going to get into this using freight forwarders and whatnot. As you get more experienced here, this may be, this may present an opportunity for you to pick up some margin and be more profitable. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So when you're first starting out, you can allow the supplier to ship your goods for you or you can hire your own freight forwarder. So allowing the supplier to ship your goods, business is competitive, right? And your supplier is going to try to make margin at any corner that they can. So if you allow your supplier to bake in the shipping cost, you're you're essentially giving them kind of a little bit of wiggle room to jack the margin up, right? And and in my in my case, in my experience I've seen that happen quite a bit. So if you can if you have control of the shipping, you eliminate the any of that any of that funniness, right? So what I'm here what I'm hearing and, and tell me if this is correct, understanding what you're talking about right now during negotiation can help you enhance profitability. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, if if you're comfortable with you know those those inco terms that we went over and and how you're going to get your goods from China to the US and 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 you don't have to rely on your supplier or, or even if you're just really comfortable and you understand this, you're going to save money. Okay. In the, in the, 
and this is kind of the inverse of my last question, but if your supplier says to you, don't worry about shipping, I, I got it all taken care of, it's go- going to arrive, is it fair to say that they're charging you for that convenience somehow? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, I mean, I can't speak for all suppliers, but in my experience that that they're going to they're going to uh, mark that up a little bit. Now, uh, you know, as you develop a relationship with your supplier, they they probably won't mark it up as much, but they'll, they'll be mark up and, you know, and and you won't have a competitive rate, right? If you if you go out and, and search for a competitive rate, you're going to be in a much better shape than um, you know, having your supplier do that. But also, I have found that in some cases, you know, the the shipping rates quoted to the Chinese supplier might be cheaper. Right, I have one supplier that has a, I guess it's a really cheap shipping contract with DHL or whoever, and you know, but that's pretty rare. So, in my experience, the more I can control of the shipping, better off I am. Let's say we or you know we ordered eight thousand soccer balls, and we got EXW terms, right? So we got the best possible pricing. We negotiated a price, you know, they wanted a dollar fifty a soccer ball. We negotiated it down to a dollar ten. And they're and they agreed, okay, that's fine. We'll give you the soccer balls for a dollar ten. We're gonna do that at EXW. So they're gonna make them, palletize them all up at the factory, and then they're gonna wash their hands and they're gonna be done, right? So what would you do? Like, okay, well, I got a thousand soccer balls sitting in a factory, so there's a you hire an expert, right? That's what I do when I want to do something I don't understand. I hire an expert. In this specific field, they're called freight forwarders. Now, there are a lot of, there are probably dozens of complex transactions that a freight forwarder does that I don't understand. I don't want to understand. I have no interest in doing that. So I pay a freight forwarder. Freight forwarder, they call the factory and they say, hey, you know, I'm going to come out, uh, where are you located? I'm going to be there at this date and time. They coordinate trucking. They drive to the factory. They load up your products. They drive it down to the port. They schedule you space on a container ship. They get it loaded. They get it through customs. They Everything. Load it on the boat. They ship it over to the U.S., go to the port, clear customs. They move it to whatever, you know, Last mile, say you're going, you're landing in a port in LA and you need it to go to a warehouse in Indiana, the freight forwarder, they take it off the boat, clear customs, they put it on a truck, drive it to Indiana, schedule delivery. That, that's, a, that's what a freight forwarder does. You know, when, when I think of all the hurdles of getting some, you know, a, a shipment of products, you know, halfway around the world, you know, they, they've got to navigate all types, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles, right, on, on how to get it to you. They've got to navigate a language barrier or potentially multiple language barriers. Uh, but they're, they're, would you say it's fair to say that, that the freight forwarder is kind of the quarterback? Yeah, absolutely. They're running the show. Is there, so in, in your business, hiring a freight forwarder, the, the juice has been worth the squeeze. Is that fair? Yeah, Absolutely. You know, like we were talking earlier, the quote from, I think it was Dean Grazioso, cut a check to get ahead. Mm-hmm. So in this in this instance, you know, I could go out and research all of this. I could maybe go out and get a customs bond and I could, you know, I could call a trucking company and go have it. I could coordinate all this myself, right? 
I'd probably spend 20 hours doing that. And where a freight forwarder spends 20 minutes because they know how all of that. So you can cut a check to get ahead on this. So you hire a freight forwarder and they do it all for you. I think the other thing that's worth mentioning is those freight forwarding companies already have relationships with trucking companies. And so, you know, take Freightos, for example, they probably have hundreds, if not thousands of long-term contracts with giant trucking operations. And so they can get preferred pricing. Whereas you can, the individual, you don't have those long-term contracts. And so, you know, hiring a, a freight forwarder may give you some bargaining power, you know, through your freight forwarder, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct. And yeah, you're pretty much, you know, purchasing experience and connections. Right now we're taping this podcast and, uh, well, it's actually Valentine's Day, 2020, February 14, 2020. And, you know, we have the the wonderful Trump tariffs, you know, as everybody calls them. And that's huge, right? So right now it's impacting everybody's business when you import goods from China, which most of my products are coming from China. So it's something I really have to deal with. And when I'm importing them, you know, got to pay the, you know, I think right now today it's a 25%. Like I, I believe I researched off market market pulse, the 75% of goods coming in from China are covered under tariffs right now. Most of mine are at a 25% rate. And then I believe there's another 5% for what, you know, whatever else. So 30%. And there's a couple of the tools that I'd like to share. So, so one of the acronyms you hear, so tariffs, how, how would you know if your product's soccer ball, right? And that's our product of the day. If soccer ball, how would you know if a soccer ball is covered under the tariffs? If you have to pay the 25%? Well, there's a thing called a, uh, HTS code or an HS code and this harmonized tariff schedule. And it's basically uh, categories of products. So you have to go and cross-reference your product and look at the HS code and then go to the government's website and find out if it's tagged on one of the tariffs. So pretty complicated stuff, but we have some resources we're going to put in the show notes. Uh, there's a We have an HS code lookup tool, and then we have the government website where you can go and take your HS code, plug it in, and see if it's covered for tariffs or not. There, all these tools and links are going to be in the show notes. The other thing I want to cover is documents. So anytime you, uh, you, as a, you as an importer, you know, you're the importer, you need documents. And the two documents that I've always needed to book and schedule shipments is a packing list and a commercial invoice. So the packing list is going to cover exactly your physical space that you're going to need, right? So the freight forwarder takes that. And let's say for our instance, we bought a thousand soccer balls, right? So you fit four, four in a box or what did I say? Eight in a box. I forgot already. So the freight forwarder sees that, okay, he bought a thousand soccer balls and he has, you know, 400 boxes of this size. And the freight forwarder look, can look at that packing list and go reserve space on a container based off of that packing list. And then commercial invoice is is what they're going to use for the tariffs. They're going to say, okay, you bought X amount of do- X amount of products. Here's your products, X amount of dollars, and the you know the freight forwarder is going to have to use that for the import. So those two documents are that that's what I have needed to you know to use to schedule ship shipments. I don't know if this has happened to you, but in in my recent experience, tariffs have been a real sneaky son of a bitch. They have showed up six weeks after I've received my product, a, a bill t- to my warehouse. And that's been, that's been a surprise to me. 
that that's where it's an example of me not doing the front end work and figuring out how much the tariff was and then being surprised after the fact. I'm really glad you brought that up because I call it a sleeper. You know, it's like a sleeper when you're having a great day, da, 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 you get an email and it's like a double digit whammy, like, Hey, I have this tariff bill due and you're exactly right. You know, um, and I'm glad you brought it up. I, I, I like talking about our, our, what people call mistakes, our learning opportunities, right? So then, so then in your next shipment, you probably were like, ah, neck, you know what? I need to build this into the cost, right? And I've, I've had that happen a lot. And normally when you import the, the shipping company will have to pay that and they'll bill you for it. And then you have to pay them back. So, and if you order soccer balls, you know, February 14th, it's going to take them 30 days to make it another, you know, five weeks to get it across the ocean. And when you import it and, you know, April 1st, then the tariffs are due then. So you could order something and then not pay tariffs for six or eight weeks when, when it's imported in. If you listen to the last Firing the Man podcast, we talked about understanding your costs. And I did think I had understood my costs. I'd heard about these Trump tariffs on the news, but I thought, oh, that does not. I'm just, I'm just a little guy that doesn't apply to me. Yeah, sure shit, it does. So, Ken, at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that when you and I first got together, you showed me on your computer this program that shows you exactly where your sea shipments are and gives you an estimate of when they're going to arrive at port. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What is that program and how do you use it in your business? Yeah, sure. So all of the stuff we covered, you know, all of the Inco terms, all of the, you know, DDP and, and HF codes and all of that stuff, it's good to know. Uh, but at the end of the day, I use Freytos and it is a, a marketplace for, it's a, it's, a, it's a competitive marketplace for freight forwarders to bid on shipments, right? So, and it provides a portal, like, I, like we t- discussed earlier, the more I can control the shipping or more you can control your own shipping, the better off you're going to be, right? If, and, and Freytos' marketplace is, is where I choose to go and, you know, and I'll, it's very easy. Uh, in, in the show notes, I'll put a couple links and they have a, they have a free shipment calculator tool. You can put in, you know, our 800 soccer balls. You put in the, the weight and the, si- and the size of the, the boxes of, the, of your products, and it calculates your shipping. And then, and, then you can, and then it goes out, and it puts it on the open marketplace, and all the freight forwarders will bid on your shipment. So you'll get competitive rates. So uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, marketplace. I really like them. They've evolved quite a bit since I started using them, you know, two and a half years ago. They've gotten better. Uh, their, their customer support's pretty strong. And like you mentioned, you know, they have a portal where, you, you know, you book a shipment. All the communication is done inside the portal. Freight Forwarder will email you. They'll leave comments in there. Hey, can you, you know, upload your documents, your packing list, your, you know, your commercial invoice. You pay through the portal. And it has a, a nice little dashboard where you can see the boat kind of taken off at the, at the port. I don't know if they have GPS or not. or I don't know how advanced it is, but it gives me a peace of mind to know, okay, the, the boat's left a port. It got out of the country, right? And then it shows you it on, on the map and it'll tell you, okay, it's arrived at you know, LA port and then it's, it's clearing customs. So it kind of gives you a breakdown of where your products are throughout the shipment life cycle. Whereas if you turn that over to a supplier and they're shipping your products, you don't know you're waiting, you know, you're kind of left out in the dark. So I'd kind of, so you've mentioned that you use Freytos 
for most of your overseas shipping. I'd like to do a little role play here, and and I will be a supplier trying to earn a couple extra bucks, and and you just be Ken. Sure. You just be Ken that likes Fritos. Hey Ken, I've got your uh, your order all finished up, and uh, you know I'm going to take care of shipping. We're going to do DDP. You don't even worry about it. It's going to show up at your front door. What would you counter it with? I would say, okay, you know, I need the the um, commercial invoice, and I would get the commercial invoice in the packing list, and then I would go to Fredos's portal, and I would plug in the the con the contents of that shipment, and I would send it out for a competitive quote, and I and I and you can you can get ex, you can on Fredos's portal you can quote Express Air, Freight Air, and Sea Shipping, so. You know, and you can buy entire containers, and they also have a special portal for FBA shipping into Amazon's warehouse. So, I would take that, go in there, and measure the price. If the price is similar, then maybe I maybe the supplier I let the supplier ship that right. If it's easier, or if the rate's better, maybe that's a way to save money, right? And and then at least I know if it's a competitive rate or not. And if you know they wanted to charge double, I said no thanks. I'll I'll do the shipping and then. You know, I book it through Fredos and send my own freight forwarder, and then I can track it. How long would it take you to check that price? Ten seconds. You plug in your information, how many cartons you have, what's the weight and the size of cartons, and you know, and then you just you send it off. It'll tell it automatically tell you what's the price for Express Air, Freight Air, you know, Air Freight and Sea Shipping. So thirty seconds. I'm glad that you're sharing this awesome information with our listeners. There's a part of me when you said ten seconds or thirty seconds that that my heart just dropped. I've got a supplier. Who's a real, he's a real smoother, and he always says, "I'll take care of shipping. I'll just throw it, you know, a little extra on the invoice." And and I'm wondering how much he's overcharging me. And at the very least, on my next order, I'm going to spend the thirty seconds and see if I'm getting ripped off. You know, one one other resource, and it's something. It's kind of a maybe a pro tip, and and you had touched on it on a previous episode. But since we're talking about shipping, I definitely want to go into this a little bit. And it's, you know, if you have a, you know, you, you order, we ordered eight, 800 soccer balls, right? And we're not selling them yet. And we want to start selling them as quickly as possible. You know, we might want to, we might want to carve off, you know, a hundred of those 800 soccer balls. We might want to ship them Air Express. And then we might want to ship the other 700 by sea. So if you're controlling that, you know, you could do that a lot easier or maybe even, you know, since it's a small amount, you, you could have the supplier ship them, but, but you, but that is a way to be, you know, get to market faster. Everything is about getting to market faster and saving cost, right? So if you're, let's say, say it costs you a dollar a piece to ship soccer balls, you know, that would be $800 to ship all of them by air and if it costs 10 cents a piece to ship the soccer balls by sea you know you could ship 800 of them for what 80 bucks right so uh 880 bucks is a quite a bit of difference that's a lot of margin right that's huge that's huge 720 dollars in margin right so if if you carved off 100 and shipped them by air that's only 100 dollars and then you send the other 700 by sea that's seventy bucks. So you spend one hundred and seventy bucks on 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 shipping, and and you're to market quicker. Like you're at to market in in five days or seven days versus six weeks. 
Ken, at a recent mastermind, you had mentioned an Amazon hack that saves you some money on the tail end of of a product's journey from overseas, specifically when it gets to the United States. Can you share that? And I can't say that it works every time, but I can say that it works. I've, I've tried it and I use it. Uh, so let's say you're, you know, you're shipping, you bought 8,000 soccer balls, you loaded them on a boat in China and your supplier said, hey, they're, they're ready to go. And you create your Amazon shipment, right? When you create your shipment, put your ship from address uh, as your, let's just say your let's just say hypothetically you have a warehouse in Los Angeles. That's where the products are. Just put that, that address as, as Los Angeles and Amazon will likely route your shipment to the West coast to a, to a warehouse close to Los Angeles. So, so then that's going to save you on cost. So if you're shipping, uh, you know, uh, a container from China to Los Angeles and then, and then trucking it to, a warehouse that's you know 10 20 miles that's super cheap if you put your you know chinese suppliers warehouse on there that you're shipping it from and amazon decides hey i'm we're going to send those 8000 soccer balls to philadelphia well then you're likely going to have to you know port on the east coast or you're going to have to port and then drive it across the country in a truck so it's just a way to be a lot more efficient and hopefully save you a little, save you some money. Put it on Amazon. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's that's awesome. That's an awesome hack, and I think that's within the terms of service. You know, it's uh, that's that's where your products are at that point in time. They're in Los Angeles. Yeah. All right, Ken. So for all of our listeners that have listened to what you've had to say, and their head is spinning. You know, they've heard all these acronyms, you know, DDP, is that Diet Dr. Pepper, is that Diamond Dallas Page? You know, what what is that? For those people that are saying, you know, screw this, I, I'm not going to source from China. This sounds way too complicated. I'm just going to source locally. What would you tell that person? I would say, you know, take a deep breath, relax. It's not, it's not that hard. Uh, you know, I'm going to package everything up we talked about today. I'm going to button it up in a download. All the links, all the shortcuts, all the tools we talked about is going to be in a download. Uh, FiringTheMan.com slash shipping. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's Firing the Man podcast. If you like this episode, head on over to FiringTheMan.com and check out our resource library for exclusive Firing the Man discounts on popular e-commerce subscription services. That is FiringTheMan.com backslash resource. You can also find a comprehensive library of over 50 books that Ken and I have read in the last few years that have made a meaningful impact on our business. For that, head on over to www.firingtheman.com library. Lastly, check us out on social media at Firing the Man and on YouTube at Firing the Man for exclusive content. This is David Schomer and Ken Wilson. We're, We're out. out. Before you go, we wanted to share a new service that Ken and I have been using called Getita that has made us over $10,000 in Amazon reimbursements. The service requires no monthly subscription, and Getita collects a small percentage of the money they recover for you. It takes less than five minutes to set up and works on all Amazon marketplaces. Go to getita.com, G-E-T-I-D-A.com, and enter promo code FTM400. That's FTM for Firing the Man 400 to
to get your first $400 in reimbursements commission free. How much money does Amazon owe you?